We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. (laughs) Hi. Uh, good evening. Welcome to WTY We There Yet podcast. I'm Rich Kiamko. I'm your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. I might sound a little sad because I just came from comedy legend Kevin Meany's um, funeral and uh, or awake or I don't know, <laughs> the viewing. I am so tired. I am so sad. My heart is just, you know, it's one thing to get a text late at night to say that your friend, colleague, this human being that I've known uh, has died. It's another to like start getting notes on Facebook and texts and then to go to the funeral. Oh, this man was so talented. Kevin Meany is uh, a rare species of comedians um, with a cabillion, like, you know, a Tonight Show, Letterman. Uh, he's been on everything, everything. Um and he's been around for, God, over 30 years now. And uh, he's a hero to me. Very funny man. Just an incredible performer. Incredible performer. Powerfully silly. Like, this man showed me that silliness is really powerful if you just go all the way. Apparently, they found him, Kevin, in... Uh, if the police found him dead in his, in his home and, uh, oh, he was 60 years old. I'm so sad. Just, I knew him. Uh, we did lots of shows together. Ridiculously funny. I remember seeing him as a kid on TV. I actually, episode, uh, I, uh, interviewed him for the, the podcast a year ago and I wanted to do like a second follow-up. There's just so many, so many stories and so many questions I still had for him. And I feel sad. <laughs> I didn't get to ask. Ask them all. Oh, oh my heart. is. And uh, I knew him from the gym. He lost so much weight. He was so heavy. And I don't know, he lost 100 pounds, 90 pounds, some crazy amount of, and just like, uh, he was a fiend. He was in the pool for an hour, on the treadmill. For an hour. He just like, and I said, what do you do? What do you eat? He's like, I'm not fucking eating. I'm starving. <laughs> just like did it. Uh it's like a gym buddy. I remember just talking to him. And yeah, that was a thing as a comic to to talk to someone and see them and just, I don't know, literally just a towel. And they're just, this is day, living life on life's terms. It's just a day at a time. And it's like, here he is. And sometimes you got an audition. Sometimes you have a great show. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're just like, got to feed my kid. Got to send my daughter to school, you know, send her to get her into a good school and, just a dad that uh, that came out and divorces what you know your typical dad who came out late in life and divorced his wife and still loves his kid and his wife there is actually I've met his wife and his daughter They're beautiful people so sweet it's such a sad ah this funeral it was real just it made it real to just see him there ah oh but it really uh, put life in perspective. I'm like, I'm thankful that I'm alive today. I have, I have plenty of problems and, and things I'm dealing with, but I'm alive and I can face them. And I have 
friends and support and I have feelings. I can feel my feelings and I'm alive here to just deal with them. Uh, and I don't know, maybe death is, I don't even know what death is. So who knows it's, if it's horrible or not. I can't tell you. I haven't, I haven't been there and I haven't met anyone who's been there. So all we know is we're here today and uh, a dear friend, a talented man is not. But uh, I wanted this episode to uh, pay tribute to Kevin, this beautifully funny, silly man. And uh, so I'm going to be interviewing, grabbing people on the phone, on a Skype, anywhere, and uh, getting their stories. So uh, coming up next, I will have the love goddess, Judy Tenuta, joining us. So uh, stay tuned. Well, I'm here live with the love goddess, Judy Tenuta, who I met many... In another dimension, back when I was uh, underage in a factory, working <laughs> working as a love slave, creating yes. creating. Oh, excuse kids. me, you lived for it. You made <laughs> you made gowns for me. You traveled with me. I mean, I brought you to Atlantic City, Las Vegas. Oh my God, it was great. It was the best. It was like the uh, I don't know. I felt like I went to gay heaven. I went. That became like a love slave. Yes, you Oh my I'm God! Unplugged in Dallas, right. and you had on your Miss Saigon outfit, which was like equivalent to the uh, the monstrosity that Melania Trump wore at her wedding. <laughs> you know that big. <laughs> anyway, it was great. Oh, it was fun. We have so many, so many crazy road gigs, so many crazy experiences. Oh my God, Judy, I'm so glad you're here today. I, I uh, actually, I texted Judy when I first found out about Kevin Meany's uh death i just texted and i didn't i realized you didn't even know i was just so many things were happening i just sort of texted like oh my god kevin meany and when you got the text yeah. you didn't realize right right you yeah, yeah all i got was this text i was in an event it was like about 10 9 at night or something and i'm, I'm at this place in hollywood and so i see this text and it says kevin meany and i go oh my god the official kevin meany because i thought it was kevin meany calling me oh. and no and then the next thing was oh so sad right. uh you know and i'm like what and then i go okay i'll call you tomorrow because i thought because i missed this event and i'm thinking oh i gotta call kevin meany back like he was I, I he for some reason he convinced me that silliness was a superpower like he was just it didn't matter where he was he was committed to being that ridiculously funny even if like we had the situation where I, I was sharing with our listeners before that 
Like someone threatened him on stage. He's like, yeah, you better watch your back. Someone might come up behind you in the parking lot and fuck you up. And the audience gasps because it's a part of Northeast Pennsylvania where people do carry firearms and shit happens. And Kevin's like, oh, no. right. And Kevin just said, you know, the audience gasped and Kevin's like, oh, so someone's going to come up behind me and fuck me up. And the guy's like, you know, nodding or whatever in the back. And he says, well, how do you know I won't like that? And the audience fucking loses it. Oh, so brave. I mean, that was like a death threat and he made it into, into something sexual. And the audience, you know, and then the guy obviously dissolved into nothing, into his, you know, emasculated nothingness. But I was just so, so impressed by Kevin. Just, you know, that was so brave in a very scary time. But he's always just, just on fire. It's just so silly. I don't know. I mean, you know, there's, there's uh, something about him so silly. Yeah, he was, he was. But um, like I, I, a couple of times, my, my particular memories with him, um, I was, you know, my parents, uh, hello, they were snowbirds in West Palm Beach. <laughs> so back in like 1992 or three, I believe it was, there was this club in West Palm called the Comedy Corner. And I would headline there and I was there the week before. And then the next week, Kevin was there. And, and I was feeling a little bit, you know, who knows, maybe I was a little depressed because, you know, maybe there was a breakup and maybe right. the only guys hitting me were guys a year older than God's pants on the beach in Florida right, with right. their metal detectors. Right. So, you know, I, I, so, I, so uh, my sister says, let's go over to the comedy corner. Kevin, and, and, and so Kevin, you know, I saw Kevin right away and he was so sweet. And we, you know, we took pictures and everything. And, and then, of course, you know, he does his act and it makes me forget about everything. Right. Uh, except that, you know, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he was just fantastic. It's, you know, so we'll always have his voice and his, you know, just, I, I know people call it silliness, but it reminds me, actually, of, it, it taps into, like, you know, all of our moms in some way talk to us like that. <laughs> right, you know, right. Maybe not those particular words, but it was like, get that puss off your face. You know, what's that? You know what I mean? So it was something that he would he would tap into that. And then he would make it into like a musical. Right, you know, right. Like, yeah, he would sing about it, and you know. Right. I mean, he was so, I mean, that's the thing. It was so silly, but there was a universal truth about what he was, I mean, it was his specific journey, his story, but there was something that we all have that knife that sort of like thing from our mom that's like, ugh, ugh, it was great. It was just. Oh, yeah. Like my mom, you know, before I'm getting ready to do a show. Yeah, you don't even remember this, I'm sure, but we were at the Park West. Right, in Chicago. And before the show, I had a drive, you know, you know, lived in, still in Oak Park, Illinois. And I'm getting ready. She, call, You know how my mom loves to play cards? And she's right. like, um, oh, damn it. Don't, oh, that Donald Trump, that jerk is trying to call me. I got to talk. No, I'm kidding. Um, <clears throat> no, I was getting ready to do it. So my mom, my mom says, Judy, you're not leaving this house till you go buy me a head of lettuce. We're going to play Peanut. I go, excuse me, mom. I, you know, I'm leaving for the park west because maybe I have to do a show for like, you know, 500 people. You know, so, yeah, I, you know, when it comes to your mom, she can always just, you know, I, I don't know. 
just bring you back down to right. no, you're my little slave, and you're gonna do whatever. <laughs> Right. There's nothing like a parent to completely burst the bubble of your dreams. Even when your dreams are coming true, they know how to pop the bubble. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but that was one. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, that was. Yeah, I really remembered that in Palm Beach uh, when, when he, he was there with me. And then another time. Um, oh, this is. Yeah. Well, you, I, I was uh, just, just a couple years ago. Uh, I was in New York City to, I, I forget what show I was doing, but anyway, um, I knew Kevin was on Broadway doing uh, oh, right. Hairspray. Hey. Yeah, yeah. So I just contacted him, you know, and he goes, oh, Judy, come to the show, come to the show. And, and I saw him, you know, backstage before the show. He goes, oh, yeah, we'll take pictures of the cast wants to meet you. And, and it was just great. And he was so sweet. And uh, I was so happy for him. Right. That he was doing Broadway because really he's got that, you know, he's, he would say, no, I can't really sing, but I know how to sell a song. But, you know, that's that's just as important. Right, anyway, right. He could sell anything. He sing, actually. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, no, he was, that was terrific. And um, actually, this is another quick story that I just want to say. Um, I was thinking of him, you know, each time doing my, you know how we all have to do our own projects, and right. I, I'm actually, I was actually in the process of writing another film, and I thought, oh, I need, I need like a, I need a gay guy, and then right, right, and honestly, uh, I was going to contact him, even though he lived on the East Coast there, and to see if he would, would be interested, but oh, well, it's uh. probably, you know, anyway, but you know, I was thinking of him, and that, right. I just felt so badly when I just heard about this. Right, and, right. I was so excited. Yeah. Actually, I I was booked to do uh, Thanksgiving weekend with him out here in New York, and I was gonna text. Uh, I was gonna text him and say, "Hey, Kevin, I'm gonna bring my parents, and they're gonna stay at my house. And if you want, because he's he's you know has a place up further north of New York, I thought, hey, if you want to stay over at my house, it's right here next to the city." But I just didn't text him. I thought, oh, it's like, you know, a month. I booked this a month out. So I'll text him a couple, you know, whatever to plan. I just, and then, you know, I get this thing. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, I was all excited. My parents would love him. He's so like, every, I mean, every generation would love him. You know what I mean? It's like he has such a broad, solid appeal. And, uh, yeah. oh. So well, anyway, yeah. yeah. I, I know. Um, so. You know, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be watching his. Uh, I, oh, I loved his "We Are the World." You know, right, uh, every right. comic loved that. And right, it's a solid signature. Yeah, he, was just, he was just contagiously funny. He was just, you know, honestly. Yeah, yeah, unstoppably so, funny, undeniably, unstoppably funny, no matter what. Yeah. So. Uh, yes. Judy, thank you so much for sharing your Kevin Meany stories. I'm so glad to have it on the podcast. And when I'm in L.A., I want to come out and have a sit-down with you and do a full, full-on interview of your goddessy. And, and don't forget to tell people to go to my YouTube channel and look at my uh, World Accordion to Judy. World Accordion to Judy. And I'll put the link here on the uh, podcast uh, posting as well so you guys can find judytenuda.com. And you can go to World yeah. Accordion, World Accordion to Judy, on YouTube as well. <laughs> Dolly, yeah. Judy, I'm so blessed to know you and call you my friend. And thank you so much for being on WTY podcast. Oh, 
Yay. Okay. okay. Cookies. It can happen. It can happen. I'll talk to you soon. So I'm here now live with Barry Crimmins, a friend, comedian, and dear friend of Kevin Meany's. Thanks for joining me today, Barry. Thank you. It was so nice to meet you uh, at, the, uh, at the farewell. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were eating my salad. It was a, there was a yeah, moment, a moment at the corral. Like a euphemism of some sort. <laughs> I just said, oh, so you're a vegetarian. Oh, well, we'll get, we'll get something for you. And I walked away. I went, went and talked to somebody. I came back and, well, that was quick. It was your salad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think my salad's just arriving. Right. I drop back up. Right, right. So, uh, I, yeah, I wanted to just get some sort of story, any recollections or your meaning of well, Kevin meaning to uh, you. You know, a couple years ago, my buddy uh, Bobcat Goldthwaite, made a documentary about me called Call Me Lucky. Kevin was interviewed for it. But it was debuting at Sundance, and it's, uh, you know, and it, and it hinges largely on the fact that I survived uh, rapes as a very young boy. And, <clears throat> and you know, it's a heavy thing. And um, who shows up out of nowhere at Sundance not to promote himself or do anything? He had no idea if he was even used in the film. But Kevin showed up. Because he just didn't want me to be, uh, you know, he wanted to make sure I was covered. And he was a guy, you know, he knew he was conversant in a bunch of stuff that could help me. He could handle the showbiz people and whatever. And he certainly was uh, up to speed on, uh, you know, uh, uh, we had talked over the years a lot about abuse issues and so on and so forth. And so he just came out there to make sure his friend was covered. And, you know, I mean, you know, he, he, he flew off to Utah on a Tuesday, you know, uh, wow. <laughs> to, yeah. to do that. And if, I'll be damned if he wasn't, it wasn't, it just didn't make all, it made all the difference that he was there. You know, about five times he helped, you know, smooth things over. He'd see someone say something stupid to me and just create a big Kevin Meany distraction. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, we got through it, you know, so that was, that was really, uh, you know, in, you know, in his own way. I mean, he was a very much, a, you know, a stand-up person. He, you know, he, and very compassionate and uh, and uh, you know, tuned in to what other people were going through. Kevin would call me, you know, over the years to ask me for. Yeah, I got a few connections in the world and so on. He would call me. We started working together in like 1980. He would call me, you know, for favors. Never for him. Always for someone else. He never wanted anything for him. Wow, But, yeah. you know, he would, you know, and then he would be completely thankful after he makes this case, good case for someone who's very worthy, and then we would figure out what we could do for this person. You know, um, it, it's just, he was, for a guy, it's amazing because he was such a personality and such a dynamo on stage. To know that uh, that guy out there like that is, is actually this really selfless person who, who's just, you know, thinking in terms of others and got out of his own way and, and, and you know, and understood, you know, and who had the courage of compassion and kindness. Right. And so, you know, I was so fortunate to have him uh, as a, such a dear friend for such a long time. Uh, and, you know, we're going to miss him but 
I think the great thing about him was he really kind of seared himself into everybody's soul. Like he gave so much of himself that we all have a lot of him left with us, and we have to kind of kindle that flame and, and you know and uh, and uh, keep walking the you know the path with light. Yeah. Now, Kevin was such a generous spirit. I mean, I always felt like when he got on stage, he filled the room and then pushed out of the room and leaked into every possible crevice outside the building. He was just so alive. (laughs) So alive. Absolutely. I mean, he was just... (laughs) I went went up to... uh, Yeah, I live in the western part of the state. But a couple hours from Buffalo. I mean, sorry, an hour and a half from Rochester and... And uh, he was there on his 60th birthday, and I was able to go up and surprise him by showing up on his birthday, and then uh, and I introed him. Wow! And you would have thought, you know, that uh, I had flown to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, it took me, you know, I mean, it's three hours of driving all told, and I get to see Kevin Meany perform. Right, right. But he was so he was so humble. I always felt like no matter where we were, and every show we did, he was just another like worker among workers, just really great yep. to work with, no like drama, and always early, always delivered the show, no matter how crazy or what was going on, he could deliver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and also because he. He had a great deal of respect for his audience, and he appreciated that they came out to see him. And, you know, I mean, he really had just a good attitude. He worked real hard. And, and you know, uh, he made the mistake of getting to be 60 years old in show business where, you know, he, oh, you know, I mean, it costs you stuff. Even though, well, who cares how old Kevin Meany is? He's still one of the greatest performers ever. Right. You know, he should be doing better than ever, but he, you know, there was times when he had to scramble and work hard. It was just ridiculous that someone that talented could, that they could sort of look past him at, at times. Right. And, right. uh, and now that he's gone, all these people who could have done a lot for him are, oh yeah, I completely love him. Well, good. Too bad he didn't book him for a few more things. I mean, he should have been in 40 movies and he should have been, you know, he was just, he was just such an, an enormous talent. He was actually such a big talent that people kind of took him for granted. Right. You know? Right. Right. I mean, whenever I was able to book him on a show, I was like, this is a miracle. How did it, you know, like, it, it wasn't yeah. always available when he was, I'm like, Hey, come do this, this little show. I have. And he would do it and he would do it full on, whether it was, you know, a thousand seats or five or, or you know, a hundred seat crammed in the back of some bank or, you know, banquet hall or something. Right. right. Know, totally, yeah, totally was, a full, uh, a full showman all the time. And he, and he loved doing your shows. I mean, I got to thinking about it. I know he talked to me about you, about, and he appreciated people who got him working and who let him work. You know, I mean, he, you know, he was as thankful about what was happening today as he was back when I first started booking him at uh, in Boston in 1980. You know, wow. he just, well, he was just so gracious and so funny and, you know, so dear. Uh, it's so infectious, you know, I mean, just, you know, the last night I saw him work was on his birthday, April 23rd, and I just, for whatever reason, I don't know why I got lucky, but he was, of course, the fans were swarming him, and, and some other people we were with were kind of talking to each other, 
And I just, I just kind of step back and watch the audience leave, and they're repeating his catchphrases and singing his songs, and right. they're just so happy. Like he made th- those people came out of there, every one of them, in better shape than they went in because right. of the effort he made and his talent and his, and his genius, you know. And, right. And they were just really so thrilled to have seen him. I can't believe that's the last show I'll ever do in, in Rochester where he was really, for whatever reasons, uh, it's like I just shot a special on Lawrence, Kansas, where they love me. And people go, Lawrence, Kansas. And I go, yeah, why? Well, because they love me there. Well, right. It was that way in Rochester. Right, right, right. You have, I mean, there's all these pockets and, and colonies of fans. And, you know, yeah. some of these yeah. shows I would do, people come and, like, people drive for how long? How far did this person drive to come oh, to this show? It's like crazy. Oh, I showed up at that show from five states away. I mean, right. you know, he just, yeah, again, he was, well, and you know what? They showed good judgment, you know? I mean, right. they got to see Kevin Meany, and he was, you know, you just knew you weren't, I mean, even if, things went weird or whatever if it was a tough time he was funnier than ever he just and did it, it. and he the tough time it. would be the result of a bad physical circumstance on the stage or bad sound system or whatever it is or you know oh they didn't tell us that they were they were letting a drunk wedding reception come into the whatever the hell nightmare thing happened he would he would just with you know martial artistry just redirect that energy and by, right. the, by the end of it just turn it into something amazing right Right, and when he was done, I remember I had him do this like uh, space where there was just no air conditioning. It got so hot, and he was still wearing some like he looked like he was going to like I don't know some dandy's twenties barbershop. He had like this. Oh, he, he always had these blazers. Always had these blazers. I'm sorry. He always had these crazy blazers. I'm like, no matter what it was, what oh, temperature yeah. was, he'd have some like blazer with stripes. Yeah, he Green. <laughs> right yeah. that's actually reserved he had like red and navy bold stripe blazer and this like it was like a deliverance bar and i'm like <laughs> yeah we're doing this show like we yeah, can get I killed know. and you look uh, like a target know, it was funny because you know i'm not, well, what i am is i'm not nosy you know um and so first off when uh, when we worked together in Boston long ago, this jealousy in the comedy business is some people tried to quote unquote character assassinate Kevin by outing him, right. you know, and and Kevin wasn't out, and I didn't know he was gay, and so I you know really let people have it, and, and years later when Kevin came out, he said to me, I was so thankful to you because. You defended me, but not in a homophobic way. You didn't right. say, "Well, he's not a this or that." You just said, "You just said, what the fuck? Is he jealous of me? You know what are you talking? You know, I, and 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 by the way, who cares? You know what? Do you, you know right. what does that have to do with anything? Right. And right. I didn't even know I did it, but thank God he remembered because it makes me feel a lot better because I didn't know if I said the wrong thing or something. But he made sure that that I. He, I knew he knew I said the right thing and 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 took the right stand and he appreciated. Boy, if you ever if you ever stood up for that guy, he never forgot it. He was like right. you know like the nicest Labrador Retriever you ever met. Right, you know, right. Just well, he 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 even mentioned you to me on the in the podcast. I have to like scroll through in the podcast that I interviewed him last year. He mentioned that you were one of the people that he really like was able to rely on when they came out because it was so hard you know and you've also had your own journey with call me lucky and and abuse 
you know, so I think, yeah. you know, even like when I sat down, well, we, I didn't, you know, you were having your vegetarian salad and I was waiting for my vegan entree and uh, yeah, right, right. we were talking and you said you, I, I was just like chatting with you and all of a sudden you said, you know, I do go to, whenever I travel, I go to any town, I go to the gay bar. I'm like, why would you as a straight man go to the gay bar? And then you said like, you know, because of Orlando. Well, I've only been doing this since Orlando. Right. It, just, it was just a simple thing. If people... Uh, if people have to risk their lives to gather with people they care about, I can do no less. <laughs> and so, and you know, so I, you know, as it happens, I met a lot. Of, you know, I met, I met a bunch of people I wouldn't have met. Right. It's nice. You know, right. it's hilarious too. I mean, you know, I'm kind of they, they kind of like this guy's talking. He keeps talking about baseball. <laughs> 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 you know, they keep thinking you. They probably think you're a lesbian. They probably think you're a lesbian you know, in their bar. When Kevin came, when he finally did come out, I was still going really. You know, and he's going. You know, you are, you're so sweet and you're naive to say, how do, why do you think I know all these show tunes? <laughs> like, oh, I don't know, I never thought, good melodies, I don't <laughs> Well, know, Kevin knew more show tunes than a lot of gay people. He actually says, well, I, you know, and I dress like a dandy. He <laughs> 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 just, just cracked me, we were laughing pretty hard. It was the first time we really got together after he'd come out, we just had a few beers and we were just really, really laughing. And a lot of it was at my expense, you know. But, you know, I'm just not, that's his business, you know, it was his business, okay, you know, what's, as long as he's happy. Right. He was so much happier after he came out, he was so much happier. And I felt so bad because I knew the environment we were in, I knew I was offended by all sorts of shit I heard all the time. And, and to know that he was right there and actually who was being denigrated, you know, it, it's, it, it, it hurts to think about it. Right. And in those days, back in the 80s, you know, you could just, you know, fag bash people verbally or physically, <sighs> and no one thought of anything less of it. It's just that was part of the culture, especially in the you comedy know, scene. I, I really had a, a breakthrough in the 90s once again. Here we go with baseball. But I'm at a baseball game in Ohio and uh, sitting out in right field close to the Yankees out right fielder was Paul O'Neill, a real handsome guy. He's got like seven kids. He's like, you know, he's clearly straight. And, and these drunks, it was a rain delay, so these people were really drunk, and they just came, you faggot, you this, you that, and you know, the whole game. <clears throat> and later on, I, I got to thinking about it, and I went, you know, like, well, Paul O'Neill doesn't give a shit about that. But how many people at that game just wanted to come to see a game who happened to be gay, and they have to listen to that shit all right. night. Right. You know, they have to. They, they have to think. Well, they, they have to listen to these people who think the worst insult you could conjure up is a, this coincidence of birth. Like, what the fuck is the matter with people? Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this a podcast? No, <laughs> you can say it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I'm very. I'm so thankful to have you on, and I would love to have you on for a full interview at another point because you just. Oh, sure. You sure, just dropped, the, yeah, because Louis C.K. just mentioned you and Kevin Meany in his last email. He's uh, directed and produced yeah. your special, right? Uh, yeah, which is well, whatever threatens you, and that's that, actually that's another. That's from way back. I, I, it's called whatever threatens you because it's based on a true incident. I go to my high school reunion, and these guys, you know, got cable TV or something. They get Boston Station here, and and they. And they said, so they 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 call me and they say, hey, listen, we got to talk to you. We're going to give you a chance to clear your name. And I go, what? 
we got to the bar and they go, well, we heard when you're over to Boston, you've done an AIDS benefit. Now, this isn't true. <laughs> I've done dozens of AIDS benefits. And yeah. they go, well, you're in a career, are you? And I said, I'm whatever threatens you. <laughs> what did they? What when you said? I'm whatever you threatens you. What did they say? Uh, well, they, you know, at that point, it was. Well, I mean, beyond everything, they were, you know, in the male pecking order. Of right, None right. Of them, even at that age, didn't want any pieces. I mean, I was, you know, kryptonite. You know, I mean, I like, you know, I was like a fucking athlete and stuff. But I was never a bully. I was the guy who was on the football team who scared the the bullies on the football team into not giving shit to the guys on the soccer team or whatever other dumbass shit that they thought they were supposed to do. Right. So uh, I kind of ruined the fun for three or four years. <laughs> but, <laughs> it was fun for me, but, you know, the, but these same guys, you know, you know, I mean, they had, to, like, like it was this morally, like, you were actually, it's like, what the, what is the matter with you people? Right, right. It was like a horrible disease. You know, I mean, I, I, gay guys my age, I just look at them like, you can't find anybody who's been through wars, who's been through anything, who went through something like what happened to the gay community in this country in the, in the 80s and 90s. I mean, it's just like the devastation. I mean, I, I mean, I knew dozens of people that I loved and were great, you know, and, and that's just like a small percentage of what, you know, the average, average gay guy went through back then like every you had to pick which funeral to go through i mean right. we should really be thinking about those people and taking care of them they've been they've been through just as much trauma as anybody who's been in a war or any anything else to just watch something like that just wipe out your community and so many dear people and particularly at a time when finally you got to have a community it's just, right I mean, right the worst tragedy just ever in my lifetime in this country is that i mean it's just so sad you know these right. people who had the courage to stand up and be who they were like that song yesterday at the funeral right you know, uh, right i am know. what i am and you were at the funeral too at the service in the church was that that was such a kevin meany church service I, I mean i grew up catholic but i never went to a funeral or an event in my church where they sang broadway singers were belting out i am what i am you know in yeah. as kevin's you know great. coffin is being rolled out i mean you know, you know, I, I <laughs> And right. whatever, you know. Right. But the new Pope's a rock star. Yeah, so is Gary Glitter. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, that was, you know, again, that was just like he imbued himself so much in people that when you get that many people together who loved him, there's this collective spirit. It was like tangible. There was like wavy lines coming off of people, you know. Right, just, right. Right, it was incredible. It was remarkable. And then everybody meets everybody else and gets along, and it's just like, and, you know, the universal passport is we were all Kevin's friends. Right, it was just, right, right. And it was great to meet so many people like you that he had told me about and spoken of, you know, because we were just, we were sort of like, uh, you know, we're comics, late night confidants. He'd call me up, and like, after some stupid gig somewhere, someone's screwing him out of some money or something. Right, and, right. And, you know, we could we could commiserate. You know, we right. would take turns who, 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 who had the worst day. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but we also reveled when the other guy had a good day. You know? Right. I mean, and he just, man, I just, uh, I don't... As great and as successful as he was, uh, 
he didn't get a tenth of what he deserves with the right. talent that he had. Right. Uh, right. Every audience, uh, every know, audience I had at my one of my little shows, they were like, "Wow." You got Kevin Meany, and that was, they were just blown away. They couldn't believe in their venue that this happened. Like, this, this, like, some other, uh, someone from another planet landed in their town and did this show called well, Kevin you know, Meany. That's the way it always <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where he was from, you know. Right. Uh, he's he's not dead. He's just gone back out into the galaxy. But, uh, yeah. He's uh, just, he was, I mean, you can't. You can't, it's not, even threadbare to use the term one-of-a-kind with him. I mean, it's absolutely an apt term. You know, it's used wrongly all the time. But, you know, you show me another Kevin Meany ever, you know, and it's not going to happen. He was just the most special, talented, dear person ever. And, you know, I just, just driving back here, just wondering what, you know, how... How do we? How do I keep doing this without my friends? You right. know? <laughs> and how I keep doing it is I see what I can do to help his daughter Kate, who clearly has the disease. <laughs> the showbiz. Right. She's got the bug. Her, her and she's, you know, I think you know Kevin would like nothing more than for her to become a big, big star. We should all do whatever we can to help her because she's really talented. Right. Very right. Fun. She crushed. She crushed in that crowd. It was like, oh my God, Kevin's coming through his yeah. daughter. His daughter's yeah, got. Absolutely. He's carrying. Absolutely. His daughter's the he's next stage. That age. Yeah. So, Amazing. Look out, Hank Mancini. Here comes another meanie. <laughs> well, well, thanks. Thanks for letting me eat up your podcast time. Oh, um, Barry. Let's do it again. Well, let's do it again. Soon. It was tremendous to meet you. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you were like, I mean, I think we're kind of like tuning forks. We kept setting each other off. Right, <laughs> right. And, I, yeah, I'll definitely, because I want to do an episode really soon, because you've already dropped this uh, special through Louis C.K., and I'd love to do a whole episode with just you. But, of course. Sure. Uh, That'd be That'd be great. Let me know when this is out so we can I can plug it to my oh yeah my people and uh, yeah uh, and you know I just I was slowly but surely was sort of meeting a lot of you know Kevin's uh, you know people he was uh, you know he was on the stage with and stuff and I mean he was just never happier than when he was right down there doing uh, hairspray and stuff and I get to meet a bunch of those people I don't know if you'd met them before but they're just they're terrific yeah it was just yeah. Uh, and to know the, how happy uh, that made him right. just meant a lot to me. Because right. he, you know, uh, he was just, uh, even when he was hurting, man, he he would instantly notice anyone with even a slight injury and just attend to them. You know, he was just, he was just a very fine person. And, you know, like every corny old thing, a gentleman and, and you know, just you know, good manners, and you know, kind and courteous, and you know, knew how to get out of the way and be diplomatic. And for a guy who created the kind of hubbub he did, it was a real psychotomy, you know. Right, you right. Because you're like, how can this guy that's so amazing be like, thank you? Oh no, no, it's fine. I'm fine. I'll sit here. I mean, it was totally like a face. It was just like, yeah, it was yeah, just no, he was just he, another he person. Stay out of his own way, which was interesting because if he didn't, that boy, that would have been a real mess. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, he was larger than life on stage. Larger than life character, and uh, I guess that that will keep him around for that much longer. But as long as anyone's around whose heart he touched, who's who's you know who who he imbued with his wonderful 
uh, talent and, 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 and personality. You know, as long as anybody's around uh, that knew him, he's, he goes on. And the people they affect, then he'll go on in them. And so, you know, he did kind of show us how to be immortal. And it was by being mortal and very human, but just wonderful and honest and, uh, and giving. And, yeah. uh, man, am I going to miss him. Yeah. Yeah, Barry, thank you so much for joining me today. And Kevin, thank you, Rich. Kevin thank was so blessed to know you, too. I really so. appreciate it. My best to everybody, and we love you, Kevin. Yeah, we miss you, Kevin. Thanks so much, Barry. Okay, bye. I am now here live with Julia Scotti. Uh, hi. Hi. So I'm so glad you could join me and share your stories about Kevin Meany. It's so sweet. I saw you at the, well, at the funeral <laughs> the last time I saw you, and uh, it's intense. But so many, uh, yeah, so well, many people loved him. So many people loved Kevin. It it was a real testament uh, to a well lived life. He, uh, yeah. You, we can only hope to aspire to that kind of sending off, you know. Right. Right. And you were doing lots of shows with him this last year. I mean, we were. We. We we were both committed to this, that show. If you weren't familiar with it, the name of it is Big Pants, Big Pants Hot, Hot Flashes. Flashes. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, because Kevin came out late in life, and and so did I. Right, right. You have uh, a parallel. You have like sort of a parallel universe in the LGBT realm. Or the yeah, GT it, realm. It was, <laughs> it was as if the universe brought us both together just for that purpose. And uh, there was, I remember, there was one show we did in Ambler, Pennsylvania. And we do a Q&A after the show, and uh, somebody, you know, um, uh, Kev just came out and said, you know, we both, I think it was actually our first show together, he said that, you know, uh, we, we've entertained you, and you've accepted us as entertainers for so many years, and we, we, our goal here is that, you know, we're still entertaining you, we're still the same people you liked before. Right. But now you know something new about us. Right. And, and you know, that shouldn't cloud your, your, your judgment of of our ability to entertain you, you know. And, and it was so well put, I wish I could have, you know, said it the way he did. But then again, nobody said anything the way he did. Right. Know? Right. <laughs> right. But that was, that was the, it was something to that show. And, you know, we had... Uh, Inevitably, after the show, people would come up and talk to us about, you know, either a child of theirs who was gay or trans. Right. So just to to explain for the listeners out there, because they can't necessarily tell by listening, but uh, Kevin Meany, as many know, is a a man who came out late in life. And you, Julia Scotti, uh, Uh came out as... uh, Trans only how many years? I mean, everyone's seen uh, you on America's 19, Got Talent, but uh, some people might 19, not know. In 1999, actually, I came out. Wow. Yeah, yeah wow. I've been around. <laughs> I've been around for a long time. And, you know. Right. It, it, it's hard though. It's it's hard, in, you know, to come out, especially hard if you're in the public eye. Like, like I think it was harder for Kevin because he was already famous. You know, I mean, he, everybody right. knew who he was. And, right. Uh, and I know that it, he told me that it it hurt his career a little bit uh, when he did come out, right? Uh, because uh, you know, because people are stupid sometimes, right? And right. I know that you know it's it's hurt me a little bit. 
terms of getting bookings. And thank God for America's Got Talent because they didn't let any of that get in the way of, of me entertaining my audiences. Right. And it's, it's made it a little easier for me, but there's still, you know, there's still a lot to overcome, as you know. You know right. It's, it's, right. It's, it's hard. It's tricky. I mean, when club owners are like, hey, you know, you know, lay off the gay stuff. I'm like, <laughs> what's are we yeah, 1953? Really? Oh, <laughs> yeah, stick to the oh. Asian stuff. Be Asian. I'm like, what are you talking about? You own a club. I just, you enjoyed my audition set. Why are you telling me not to be who I am on stage? It was crazy. Oh, I, I can't tell you how many club owners have told me we're going in for the first time. Well, we don't know, uh, you know, how they're going to take to the trans stuff. I go, well, what the hell do you think I am? I mean, you think I'm going to avoid it? <laughs> I mean, how could I not address it? And now, because of AGT, I, it's the 800-pound gorilla in the room, so I talk about it right up front. Right, right. Because if you're coming to see me, you already know. Right, right. But Kevin, it's like, uh, you know, it's this, we did all of this before the show, so it was it was hard for both of us to, you know, to talk about, but... He was committed to it, as was I. I mean, we both felt like, you know, we had this sort of bully pulpit that we... And, and it was never in people's face, you know, it was never in your face kind of stuff, you know? It was right, always... right. It's very playful, though, the way you both, you know, that's that's the skill of, of being an entertainer. And there's always the skill of when you when you come out on stage. It's like, how do you do this? And you, you bring it, the message, but you're doing it in a way that everyone receives, you know, in a way right. that works. It's like, exactly. telling, it's like a joke. You always tell the joke, and there's an there's there's an agenda under a joke, and that's why people laugh. But you have to make them laugh. Well, our primary goal always, whether it's me or Kevin or anybody, is to entertain. Right. That's what people are paying their money to see. They don't want to be preached to. Right. Right. But like you say, you know, the real skill of the art of what we do is to be able to say what we want to say, but in a funny way. Right. Know? Right. And so uh, I. There's a real void in my life now without him in it uh, because, you know, we, we only worked together a couple of years, almost about three years, but we got very, very, very close in that three years. I mean, we were talking about uh, a lot of projects other than this, you know. Right. But uh, I had spoken to him last week and I, you know, I said, you know, look, things are starting to calm down from HET now. Let's get... Pants and Hot Flesh is up and running again. He was really excited about it. Right. And I paused, and we had just started to look for new theaters when this uh, right. just awful thing happened. Ugh. Right. Ugh. It's yeah. so, it's so like, I mean, I remember I called my parents. I, my, I always go to Chicago for Thanksgiving, and this year I was booked to do Thanksgiving with uh, Kevin in New York. I'm like, oh, I should bring my parents out. And we're like, okay, they bought their tickets, and you know, uh, I was just like, ah, oh, you know, and I, where were you, where were you supposed to be? At Rockwell's and Pelham, you know, and yeah. I just thought it'd be great. My, we, my husband can make a nice big dinner here. And then the next day we can all go or whatever the Saturday we can all go out there. And my parents would love it. I mean, everyone loves Kevin, but I love that he's like all generations. You know what I mean? Like everyone oh, God, yeah. fucking loves him. He just pounds it he, out. He was a silly, silly man. And, and I love that about him. Yeah, he had this way about him. This, I said he was like a big hairy leprechaun. He was just this, <laughs> and this childlike quality about him that you could not say no to. You just couldn't 
couldn't refuse him. You, it's like you were <laughs> defenseless. He was so he was so power. I always say he was so powerfully silly. Like I, a part of me was like protesting his silliness. I'm like, no, you can't do that. And he's doing it, and they're dying. I'm <laughs> just like, oh god. I, I was telling my son. Uh, we were talking about Kevin the other day. He didn't know. He didn't know him, but he knew. But you know, we were close. And I said, watch his Tonight Show appearance. My son's an aspiring comedian. My son's just—he's a baby comic now. Right. Right. Right, so, uh, and I said, he does this thing where he's, he, he wants to get to the I Don't Care song, right? And, and, he, and in order to do that, he's got to sacrifice himself with a bad joke. Right, right. That, and he, now he's on The Tonight Show, which at that time was, I mean, there was a career maker or right, breaker. Right, right, a maker break. If you're on The Tonight Show in those days, there's only five channels, so it's going to be seen by everyone. Right. But he goes and, he, and he's doing really well for the set. And then he, then he drops this joke and it just sits there. And he just looks at the audience and he goes, I don't care, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and not only does he, he just keeps going with it. And then he adds the part where, we, you know, he does the cell talk. He's going, oh my God, he's doing the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> he just, I, I have seen that thing at least 15, 20 times and I've still left every single time right right because it's just so uh, bold it's so bold and fearless it's just go yeah. keep going jump and off I the told cliff him, uh, i told him when i did agt you know because i i claimed the famous drop in the f-bomb on national <laughs> right right and, and i said to because he, he, he said to me oh my god julie what did you do i go i, go, I know but i gotta tell you uh, that you were the inspiration for for me, giving me the courage to do that. Right. Um, I'll tell you another story after this, but he goes, he goes oh no, don't blame me for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, uh, and when all of this happened with AGT, it was, uh, I, I said to him, you know, look, I, I, I'm going to be sidetracked for a little while, but think of how great this is going to be for Big Pants because now we'll both have some national recognition right and it's going to make it easier to book the show right and this is what i i think i fell even more in love with him after he said to me don't you don't you worry one single thing about me he said this is your time because you need to make the most of this this is about you right right just don't worry about me i'm like but I don't, he goes, no, not going to do what I was, I, 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 I think. Right, you know. right, right, right. And, and so, uh, he just. So generous. I, I, He's so generous. I still can't, I still can't, uh, I just can't believe it. I can't believe it. I've, you know, I just can't believe it. Right, right. I know. It's just like, I mean, I would see him, I mean, I, you know, we did bunches of shows and we knew him upstate near our farmhouse, but I saw him at the gym all the time because, like, you know, he was a, a workout fiend. I mean, he really, like, transformed. Yeah, he, when we would go on the road, he'd go work out. Right, right. And I remember I'd see him and we would just laugh. But also, he would just be so real. Like, you could feel like, ugh. It's a, you know, this is a, ugh. You could feel that, like. The, ne- yeah. the next, you know, audition or some, you know, I'd run into him on the street. You know, he'd be doing, he'd be at the cellar and I'd be at some, you know, less than a cellar kind of club. Right, yeah. And yeah, he'd yeah, be yeah. like, oh, it sucked there. But then I was at the other one, it was great. I'm like, oh, yeah, how was yours? And he was just so like, it was like another, just another buddy. You're climbing the mountain together, you know, and you're all like, ugh, the next one. The next yeah, one. he was never like, you know, like some people get 
fame and they then they become uh, can I swear on this show? Yeah, yeah. They you know, they just turn into total assholes. Right, right. No, he and, was so real and like I felt like this is amazing. I feel like I'm he's just a person that, that I'm friends with. He's not Kevin he, Meany, you know. Big hairy leprechaun, that's what he was. <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know, he just uh well it's just one of the sweetest sweetest human beings I've ever known and like I said, I, 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 I the, the loss in my life, uh, I've never had anybody affect me, uh, having only known them for, uh, you know, a few years, yeah, uh, like this, and, uh, I, you know, I, I feel like I lost my brother, like, you know, right. a, a kid brother or something, it's just, it's not right, you know. Right. That's not, not right. right. It's not right. <laughs> That's not right. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, he's so... And we're all running, you know, the fact that we're all running, and you knew it at the funeral, at the wake, too, it was like, we're all running around going, that's not right, you know? Right. It's, it says something about the contagious effect he had on people. Right. Um, right. You know, we're big pants people. And it's funny about that, because I said to him after, like, a couple of shows, I said, you don't even do that anymore, because now I stopped doing it years ago, and people still do it. Right. Right. I, uh, I said, well, what does that tell you, huh? That's how many comics get that, you know, in their in their career. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. The t- the tagline yeah. lives on. All the tags live on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, funny. Just funny. 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 Uh, and that's all we can, you know, hope for as comedians. Right. That people remember that part of us. But there's so much more to him than. Uh, you're making me say it all over again, Rich. I know, I know, Julia. That's not right. That's not right. <laughs> You're gonna poke my heart, my heart out. <laughs> we'll lose the goddamn house because you made me sad. <laughs> <laughs> take that puss off your face. <laughs> take that puss off your face. <laughs> what was it? The, the Cooper? What was it? The Coopermans? No, the, the Lobermans. The Lobermans are coming over. Coming over tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the Lobermans came to the later showing to the later. Uh, the, Is that right? They, they were actually. They real were there. Lobermans? I wanted oh to see God. them just to know who the Lobermans were. <laughs> I would have loved to have met the Lobermans. And apparently the mom's like, you know, you shouldn't have called the Lobermans into the use them in your act. That's not right. Oh, they probably love. It was like I... Richard Fader, you know, uh, was uh, uh, Gil Radney was Richard Fader in her thing. They love that. You kidding? The Lobermans. The Lobermans, they're, they're, they're going to live on. The Lobermans will live on on the residual fame of Kevin Meany. Forever. Right. Forever. <laughs> He's got to, I think, as time goes by, uh, I was talking to Barry Crimmins. No, I just uh, talked to him before, right before I called you. He was just on. <laughs> was he on? Oh, yeah. wow. I, I just met him uh, at the wake, actually. Yeah. And surprisingly, I, 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 he knew who I was. and I, I mean, I knew who he was. I just, we never crossed paths. And, uh, right. Right. I knew I knew Kevin was Kevin. He were real tight. We we talked a lot about him, and and uh, uh, I'm glad you got to talk to him. I really am. You know, yeah. Especially the you know the the Louis C.K. piece too about about Kev too. It's just uh, right. I I started to say I think as time goes by, you're going to see him emerge. You know, be be put back up on that pedestal where he belongs. Right. Right, and uh, I think I think it would make a great telepic or you know biopic uh, right. on his life. I think it would be terrific. 
Right, because it sounds like just he's like the I want to say the Hobbit, like Lord of the Rings, like the comedy journey. Like it just goes on and on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he transcends. And he transcends every age of comedy. He's a throwback to, you know, uh, almost vaudeville. You know, not, not maybe not back quite that far, but he's certainly a throwback to Catskills comics and right. Uh, you know, but as modern as they come. Right. You know, I mean. I, I, my favorite thing of his, and it still makes me laugh, is the is the coffee song. The, you know, the, the, you know, he does the lip syncing with Frank Sinatra. Oh, know, right, 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 right. And, uh, <laughs> and for your listeners who don't know the song, it's a uh, they got a lot of coffee in Brazil. Mm-hmm. You know, and my singing is not useless, <laughs> but go look it up. Right, and right. Uh, and he, there's a point in that song, and it's such a beautiful thing that he does. He's singing this duet with Frank. Frank Sinatra, on, right. And at one point, he steps on Frank's line. Instead of Frank singing, Kevin jumps on the lyric. Instead, right. He's not supposed... And it's intentional, but he, he does this thing that was so typical of that Rat Pack era, you know, where he kind of like, you know, goes, sorry, Frank, I didn't mean to jump on you. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's so stupidly funny that it... And and he, he in way with that one little nuance, you know, he captured that whole Rat Pack era too. Right, you know, right, right. He was very much at that age too. I mean, he, he you know, obviously loved um, that era. Right. Oh, totally. He was just like the channel for it. He'd get up there, and you're like, oh my god, where are we? Like, I could yeah. be, I could be at the uh, the Commodore or the, you know. Oh I, God, I don't think, I don't think. Nothing would have made him happier than to have a time machine and be able to go back to that period and be a performer back then. He would right. have been, you know, put him on the Mike Douglas show, you know. He right. would have been thrilled. Right, <laughs> right. He'd be, he'd, uh, be, he'd be, you know, pounding the stage and grossing yours. <laughs> yeah, he would. And, and loving it. Right. He would have been, but, uh, you know, he, he just... Uh, it's such it's such a waste. It's so sad, and yeah. it's it's breaking my heart. And there are moments when I'm when I'm fine, and there are <sighs> moments when I just I hear his voice in my head, and I either start laughing or start crying at the same time. Right. Um, it's weird. I got up this morning and I was alone, and I just was like, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna, oh, and I just started like vomiting, crying. <laughs> it was like, what's happening to me? Like I'm possessed. And, and I'm pretty good about death. I, I don't, you know, I, I get, you know, death is, I, I look at death as like, it, it's not something to be, you know, feared or anything like that. But this is, this is different for some reason. I, I can't put my finger on it yet. It's also, he's, part, he's like a brother or a, 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 you know, of, of part, but we're on, you know, as comics, we're, there's a bond of like, we were on this, this like hero's journey that is so freaking hard. And when you lose someone else who's part of your, who's in the dugout with me. <laughs> I know. You know, as a gay comic, as a younger gay, I mean, I remember seeing him as a kid. I was watching him on TV and I was hoping, I'm in my pajamas. I'm like, it's past my bedtime and I'm watching and I thought, I wonder if he's like me. You know, like I wasn't even out to my parents yet, but I was watching. Yeah. Like, oh my God. And just, you know, I, uh... whenever you see someone on TV, you're hoping, is that going to be a friend? 
know, is that going to be one of my friends? I mean, and I ended up meeting him years later and it's like, you're my hero. And he's just a person. He's like, he's like, you're, you're, I think you're so brave. He's like, no, Rich, I think you're brave. That was amazing what you did. And I think, what do you mean? And he meant it. Yeah. And you know he meant it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I know that I, I, I've gotten, I've gotten a lot of emails from, uh, uh, not so much trans comics, but parents of trans people, right. uh, trans kids, trans adults. Right. Who, who, who have said a lot of things like you just said about Kevin. And, 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 and it, there's this, you don't want that. I don't, you know, you don't want that burden of being somebody's hero. You want, you'd rather have the privilege of being their friend. Right. right. You know, uh, you know, and I don't want to, you know, and I know he felt like that too, but, um, but he, he was very, so gracious about it. Right. Uh, he he got that people uh, looked up to him. And comics liked him, loved him. You know, right? Uh, what did Barry say? I was curious. I'd, I'd, I'd be anxious to hear this. But uh, what were the, some of the things Barry brought up to you? What were the some of the that Barry Crimmins were bringing up to you? What was he? Oh, we were talking. He was one of the things I loved. He was saying that uh, after Orlando, he would go to gay bars to get drinks mm-hmm. I'm like but you're a straight guy and he's like yeah but and he said it much more gracefully than I did could but he's like but if you people if all of you in the gay community have to risk your lives just to love who you love the least I could do is go to a gay bar with you you know that's a good it's a small thing I, I know that I, and I know we're getting off the subject of Kevin here but, <laughs> but that's why way, Kevin loved him and he loved Kevin it's like he's like an ally he yeah, stood up know, for but Kevin. I mean, it ties in. Yeah, I mean, I know I've had friends who will say after a show, "Let's go to a drink." Hey, let's go get a drink, and I'll suggest a gay bar, and they're like, "That's a gay bar." I'm going, "Yeah," and, and you want me to go to a straight bar? Um, you don't think I feel out of place there, right? Um, or, or uncomfortable there? I go. I said, "Don't worry, you're nobody's type." Nobody's gonna bother you. Trust me. Right. We're gay. We're not desperate. We'll right. you'll be fine. Exactly. <laughs> but that's see, but that's uh, that's a mensch in, in Barry doing something like that. Right. That's a good thing. Oh my god, he made me cry. He just told me that at the that we were sitting here having you know at the post burial banquet. He just I mean I just met him for a few minutes. We're talking and then he shared that and I just started I literally started sobbing next to him in my vegan salad. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I so wish I could have done, gone yesterday. I uh, I had a TV show that I had to, I couldn't. I had booked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I could not get out of, and I and it was so, uh, had to be there, you know. Yeah. And I believe me, my heart was with you guys yesterday. Oh, that, trust me, everyone. There were so many spirits in that room. I mean, the funeral, the service in the church was like a Broadway show. Kevin, it was definitely a Kevin Meany service, but like. Broadway singers belting out all these show tunes. Oh, how cool is that? <laughs> it was oh, like, nice. and I was raised Catholic. I'm like, this never happened in my church growing up. Not one wedding, not one funeral. Everyone usually, when I grew up, they were sort of politely, apologetically banging the this tambourine while they're singing. <laughs> there, was right. never, there was never like some big soulful black uh, gospel singer belting out. You know, I went up to get communion. I put my hand on the coffin, and as soon as I received the communion, this this woman with this voice belts out the big note in the song, and I'm just like sobbing, staggering off oh, of the altar because uh, it was so powerful. I mean, it was beautiful. It was over the top, and it was so 
touching and so oh, Kevin. So Kevin meaning. Perfect Kevin. Perfect right. Kevin. right. You're right. Uh, well, Julia, Hi. I would love to have you on as an interview for my podcast at another time, but this was a All Kevin right. Meany tribute, and I'm so glad, so glad I could grab you and you could share your stories of why. Well, I mean, thank so you beloved. for doing this for him. Oh my God, how this is the least. This is my one thing I could do to to keep a piece of Kevin alive, and we all I can know. cherish him. So. Oh, thank you so much, Julia. I'll, I'll have a link here. People can find more stuff about you, and I'll have you back on. Definitely. All right. Thank you. Thanks for Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, and now we're here live with Buddy Fitzpatrick, who's actually driving back home from a gig. Buddy, thanks for joining me here on the WTY podcast. Well, you're helping me get home. Thank you, Rich. Yeah, I'm talking to you, so it's be a nice drive thank you yeah it's the best thing after a gig just call a friend call another comic who's up late and just uh commiserate support cry laugh <laughs> yeah well it could be a long drive so it's always nice you know when you can talk to somebody absolutely and it's pouring rain so this is good yeah i know it's freezing cold and uh <laughs> it's the Getting dark early all of that Right, everything, everything, and then we just uh, we just buried Kevin, our beloved Kevin Meany. Ugh. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a hole, you know. What a hole in our hearts. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure you have so many stories about Kevin, like your your uh, your journey well, with him. You know, it's, it's almost every time you, when one was with Kevin, whether you were working with him or not, it always ended up being a story, a, a great, fun, loving, uh, you know, they, they were just great moments with Kevin. I mean, I, I can remember in, in, when I was at the lowest of the lows and I was with Kevin. He could be the most compassionate, understanding person. He could be the wackiest. He, he would make you laugh all at the same time. I, uh, right. I remember he used to do a... He had his Christmas show up in Tarrytown, across the country, but when he would do it in Tarrytown, he would ask me to be on it. And I always appreciated him doing that because to be in the graces of Kevin Meany was really very, um, you know, you were honored to be there. So when he first asked me to be on his Christmas special, I felt like I had made it in some way. Right. I felt very touched. No, you mean when you were in his company like that? You know what I mean, Rich? Right, right, right. Because you're in the you're in that atmosphere now with <laughs> at that altitude with Kevin Meany. Yeah, you know you're 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 in the company of greatness, and he thinks you can be there with him. Right. And um, he would have this. The stage was set up like a living room. Yeah. And uh, you would knock on the door. And he would open the door so the audience saw you in the doorway and somebody was above you shaking fake snow over you. It was hilarious. <laughs> so, you know, he, he would open the door <laughs> and you'd be standing there in snow with a scarf and, and a coat and glad he wanted you to look like you were coming in from the cold. And he would say, look, it's Buddy Fitzpatrick. And he'd bring you in and he would, we would sit in his living room and chat and then he would say, you know what, I'm going to run to the men's room. You do some comedy. <laughs> and he would leave and then like comedy. And it was hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> so for all the stories that I have of Kevin, I think that that touches me the most that he had you know, let's face it, he was most comfortable and most happy, other than with his daughter, on stage. 
Right. And so to be there with him on stage was really, uh, really a pleasure. You know, really an honor. Yeah, yeah. He definitely, you would definitely be transported to another dimension with him. And you know, I remember some shows he'd get off stage and he'd be drenched. He would just be drenched because he just. <laughs> Did ev- right. He, he yep. gave it all. It didn't matter what the temperature was. It was like, is it 100 degrees here? Is it 500 degrees? He's always like, just, he did it. He had a full full cardio on stage. Full, full Kevin cardio. Yeah. And, it, and it didn't matter what the audience was, what the response was. He powered through it like he was at Carnegie Hall. Right, right. Wow. And I, I got to say, Rich, you know, something about Kevin... Whenever I was with Kevin, even if it was in his hotel room watching TV after a show, I almost couldn't take my eyes off of him. He was captivating. He was so much fun to be with. And I remember, my, 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 I think when I think of Kevin, and I've always thought of him this way, but now even more so now that he's left us, you know, he was huge. He was larger than life. He hosted Saturday Night Live. He had a sitcom. He right. was on Broadway, right. uh, num- numerous Tonight shows. He had every reason to have an ego and to be difficult. Right. And he was just the opposite. He did not have an ego. He was he was a pleasure. He he just wanted to be included on the show. He never made you feel like you know you were on his show. It was it was a collaborative effort, and he never didn't have an an ego. And uh, right. I, I was always amazed by. That. Yeah, everyone says that, and it's funny. When I first worked with him, I was like, "Oh my God, it's Kevin!" But we, you know, I'm in this, I'm in this dive, this you know, old Catskill sort of uh, fire hazard building that, like, if someone ordered nachos, the spotlight would go out. I'm just like, "Oh my God, Kevin Meany's coming!" <laughs> and nobody order nachos because we'll lose the show. <laughs> we'll lose the house if you yeah. order nachos. But he was great. He just like he didn't care. He really didn't care. He didn't care. He just killed yeah, he it. Didn't care. He just killed it. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you know, the irony is that he cared so much that he didn't care. He he loved being up there performing, and you know, I mean, you rattle off what he did in Broadway and, and Hairspray and TV. I mean, he was in Big. Shall we mention that he was in Big? Right, right. You know, the guy, the guy had a heck of a career, and uh, and yet he was happiest. Doing right, right. I mean, I think the most fun and the most alive I've seen him is just any any of the shows I did with him. It didn't matter if it was, you know, a large theater or, you know, the place with the nachos that would black out. It was just a blast. He was just, you know, it didn't matter. His He would just go beyond, the, the dial would just keep turning, t- turning louder and louder yeah. and more powerful. He just kept going. It didn't matter. I, I always I always told him you could do ten shows a night. Right. And he would laugh. <laughs> because he would he would find the energy to do it, you know. He always and you know, look, he was human, we're all human, we would go through stuff and you know, I've cried on my way to gigs and then you get up there and you do it. But you you him especially, you would never know. He could have a dark, dark day or be going through noises in his head and where the audience just got a hundred Ten percent from Kevin right. all the time. Right, because that's the thing I remember. Like I, I knew him at the gym as well, and he could be having a shitty day, or just like you feel like, oh my god, is he going to jump off a cliff? And then he'd go, you know, do serious. Like he had to, he he'd be t- you know doing his hair, 
you know, toweling off and then off. And even if he felt like, you know, the world was going to end, he'd go do the job and he'd be great. And it really made me yeah, feel, it made me feel human. It made me, it made him look human and me feel like, like, okay. And yet you could see he could open himself to this extraordinary talent. And it just, it would come through. I'm like, wow. And, and let's face it, too. I mean, this is the Kevin's Fest, so let's keep it going. No matter what the genre, this, this is a true testament to Kevin, I think. No matter what the genre of, of comedy you were in, um, you know, alternative, prop, uh, you know, uh, esoteric uh, impersonations, whatever, every comic respected Kevin Meany. Right. You know, um, and just thought the world of him. And you saw that on all the Facebook posts and everybody who came out for his service, the, 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 the you know, the famous, the elite, uh, the, the open mic group, uh, you know, smart comedy, impressions, whatever, however you wanted to put it, um, hackity hack hack. Everybody loved Kevin Meek. Right, right. So, I think that says something. He spanned everybody's, Expanded, expanded, as far as stand-up comedy goes, you could put him in real, you could actually put him in any category. Right, right. Well, he definitely, his, like, comedy currency was accepted in in all economies. You know, it just was, it translated. I think so. And wasn't he somebody that you just always felt? There's, There's a couple that I feel this way about, and he was certainly one of them. You just wanted him to get more. You, you, you wanted the industry to say, Jesus, man, this, this, he could have a Seinfeld. He could have a sitcom that would just go through the roof. And I, I just always, this business is so strange. You know, the, uh, the, the people who make it and the people who don't. And, and when, I, when I mean make it, I mean like huge international fame and so forth or getting their own sitcom or what have you. I always thought he should have been a lot further than he was. Even though he was huge, right. I never really understood right. you know, why he wasn't. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's the mystery. That's like the mystery of the universe, why certain things explode and other things do. I mean, you know, we're all sitting in this... Ex- you know, it's, it, the sad thing is we're all, like, climbing this enormous, endless, infinite mountain... And like Kevin was, you could always hear. Even if you couldn't see Kevin, you could hear him around the corner or around some bend. I don't care. <laughs> and he's climbing. You're like, well, I gotta keep climbing because he's still climbing and he's, you know, way over there. But you know, he's still doing it, no matter how ridiculous yeah, yeah. this business is. And and then when you knew you were gonna see him that night, you were you were just as happy. You couldn't wait to get to see him. Oh my day. god! You know, yeah. I my manager would say, you're working with Kevin Meany tonight. He'd be like, oh my, or like down down at the Borgata all week with Kevin Meany. It was a vacation. It was just, oh boy, am I going to miss him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh. Yeah. Oh, yep, buddy. Yep. But, you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, you honor, you honor their life and you move on. Life continues. And um, I think he would want it that way. And, yeah, and we get to, yeah, we, we, to we get to we carry go, it. We have to all move on. We all carry a part of Kevin with us in our work. You know, I feel like part yeah. of who I am today is because I've, I've experienced him. I've witnessed him, and he's, he's challenged me to be better. And better. We, every time I do a show, I'm like, fuck, I want to. You just see him do it. And you're like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, challenge yourself and step outside of the box. And I think every comic 
Every comic I talk to has a Kevin Meany story, it's, and and they all want to share it. It's hilarious. Yeah. He was uh, very honored to have known him. That's all I can say. You know, just just a great guy. This sounds like we're 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 like putting him on a pedestal, but you know what? He belongs to. He deserves to be on one. Well, if you've witnessed him, it's it's valid. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, buddy. Yep. I'm so thankful for you to, to call in. I'm really glad you could share your Kevin Oh, I'm so, I'm so happy, Rich, to have gotten through to you, and um, I could talk about Kevin all night. I know. We could do a whole... I don't think anyone wants to hear me do that. Right. Well, I do want to have you on my podcast. We'll just interview you. It won't be about Kevin. I mean, you could have a few moments of Kevin. <laughs> we could also just have you. But uh, all right. today... I would love to do that. Yeah, yeah, but today I'm so thankful that you got to share and we got to honor Kevin... Uh, together. Me too, Rich. Thank you so Thank much, you buddy. So much. I love you, man. Thanks, and drive safely. Love you too. Okay. okay. Thank you. I will. Bye. Okay. Bye. Okay. We're here live with. Oh my God! And now I have to practice the name, Barclay Devoe. Right. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> I, I feel like I have to have like a like a a cravat and like a chapeau, and wearing <laughs> Yves Saint Laurent or Jean Paul Gaultier to introduce you because it's such a complex. <laughs> No, I'm just wearing a Speedo, a Kevin Meany designed Speedo. I am what I am. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's so good to have you with me. Uh, this is WTY Podcast, and I have a lovely guest who I met at Kevin Meany's uh, service funeral. I don't know if it was a funeral or a Broadway opening. <laughs> Yeah, I would say it was a, a beautiful combo of the two, unlike any I've ever experienced. It was it was a Kevin it was a Kevin celebration. Definitely, a, definitely a Kevin Meany celebration. Now I'd love to get a story or two. Like you, what was what was the living arrangement? What exactly is the the title of how you two, like you were housemates or subletting or <laughs> we, uh, living well, in we living in non sexual sin. <laughs> through a mutual friend, Henriette Mantel. Yeah. Uh, I was, at the time, I was living in L.A., and NBC was bringing me out to New York to do a show, and it was all sort of last minute. I I flew out here before I even knew where I was staying and didn't have a place, and um, so I was crashing uh, with Henriette, actually, for a few days, uh. looking for a sublet. And Hen- Henriette said, um, well... My friend Kevin is about to go on tour, and he is looking to sublet his place. You should go meet with him. Uh, so, uh, my first thing, <laughs> my first encounter with Kevin, uh, I went to his apartment one, on the Upper West Side one morning, a Sunday morning. I think it was not too early, maybe around ten or eleven. And Kevin uh, uh, knew that this meeting was happening, but he opened. <laughs> He opened the door in his underwear, completely <laughs> disheveled. I, Wait, I, he was I just only only wearing underwear. <laughs> only his underwear, literally some boxer shorts. Bo- okay, and, so boxers. Um, they were modest. They were sort of a, a Kelly green, or were they a prince? Were they striped? As I recall, actually, I don't remember details like this usually, but this was such a shocking uh, moment in my life that I think I do remember they were blue. And they were light blue, and they had a, some stripes on them. Um, <laughs> no shirt. I'm covering my eyes as you're describing like, this. It's a podcast, but I'm still covering my eyes. <laughs> 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 that, might, that might be what I did. 
Oh, my God. And no shirt. His hair was standing straight up like he had stuck his finger in an electrical socket. And, I mean, I actually felt terrible. It was Sunday morning. I Henriette was the middleman, so I, I was sure that she had told him I was coming over at this time, but it seemed like he had no idea what was going on. Um, <laughs> within moments, he, without, I think without knowing who I was or what I was doing there, he invited me into his apartment and asked me if I wanted some coffee. Um, and I hesitated only for a moment because I, I generally don't walk into strange men's apartments uh, who I'm just meeting when they're wearing practically nothing. But right. I immediately felt comfortable with this with this clown. And um, uh, we sat and we had some coffee. And <laughs> Did he put I anything you... else on? Did he just sit there in his boxers? <laughs> was, Did he... he didn't put anything on. He was sitting <laughs> in his boxers. <laughs> Not even like a, mar- a simple marabou robe. <laughs> or a kimono. Just a kimono. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I'll tell you, by the end... By the end of this first encounter, the two of us were sitting in his bed, drinking coffee, watching CNN. And uh, that was was many, many years ago, and it was my first meeting with Kevin ever, and uh, we grew to be... I did end up living in his apartment for about six months. We weren't roommates. He was on the road when I was living there. Okay, Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. But we we grew to be uh, dear, dear friends, and and, and in the years that followed, uh, spent uh, a lot of time together doing a lot of ridiculous things. Um, <laughs> oh God! Um, and uh, yeah, he, he he became he became one of my dearest my dearest friends. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh well, there's the story. Oh, so it wasn't like marabou and 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 uh, muffins. It was just uh, CNN. So it was kind of butch, kind of butch and grand. Yeah, no, we actually we, we discussed that um, we we both uh, weren't able to sleep without cable news networks on, and uh, <laughs> we were not fans of uh, Fox News. I hope that's all right. I imagine that's fine to say on your podcast. It well, I think first. so. I, I don't think I'm allowed. I don't think people of my color or of my orientation are allowed on Fox News unless they're in the <laughs> closet and they're in, running for president, but uh, or Congress or something. Uh, we're denying. Yeah, so we, we, we more towards the MSNBC and CNN uh, uh, 24-hour news networks, and, and we discussed uh, possibly getting married because uh, we both didn't know anyone else who could sleep through the night with the, with the news on the whole time, and, and we needed to do that. So, um, yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> so you, so you, had, you, had baseline, you had baseline compatibility. You could sleep through his snoring, and the two of you could sleep through CNN. Well, actually, if you... Yeah. So yeah. you guys don't know about C-SPAN. C-SPAN is the new white noise. You just put that on, and anyone. You don't even need, like... Uh... Now, see, I thought C-SPAN was one of those things where they're showing, like, uh, town meetings and things. Well, it is. It's just not as exciting as a town meeting. <laughs> it's like if a town meeting all slipped into a coma and then blacked out. <laughs> right? Actually, that, you know, it might be better for sleeping. Actually, you're, you're yeah, beyond right, something here. Right. And, you, and there's yeah, no side I effects. I don't sleep no very effects. well at all because I'm constantly up looking at whatever the quote-unquote breaking news is at 2 o'clock in the morning. But C-SPAN doesn't seem to have anything uh, of note. So perhaps that's more of a, a, a good bedtime right. uh, network to have on. <laughs> right. So the, so the last, what was like the wackiest thing you did with Kevin, or your wackiest memory, in addition to him showing up in his underwear? <laughs> I mean, the wackiest, you know, as I'm sure you, you well know, it's very, very hard uh, of the 
hundreds if not thousands of wacky experiences I had with Kevin to, to pick one or two. Um, but I will say one of my favorite, uh, one, of, one of my favorite recurring experiences I had with Kevin was, you know, he had this whole thing with uh, see something, say something. See something, say something. Yeah. So I got such a kick out of this that I, he would send me, I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of texts from Kevin and voicemails from Kevin about random things he saw and said something about on any given day. And just to, to tell you a couple of um, in-person experiences I had with Kevin on the see something, say something front, uh, one of the times I was staying with him out, out at his up at his house in um, Forestburg, he uh, <laughs> we went to Staples. I don't know what we were doing. Oh, the Staples, Staples. in, we in Staples. Thompsonville, uh, Monticello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. This is a, this is one of my favorites. So we, <laughs> this was at the height of his see something, say something kick, and we were in line at Staples. We were the next in line, and and someone was at the cashier, and uh, they were. Clearly law enforcement. The guy was clearly law enforcement. He that was, was purchasing clothes, something. Was, yeah. What's that? He was, he was in line purchasing something, and he was clearly law enforcement. Yeah, he was clear, clearly in law enforcement. He was, he was at the register paying for whatever he was buying. And when he went to reach his wallet, he, his shirt came up a little bit, and Kevin spotted his gun. And Kevin <laughs> looked at me, and I looked at him, and I said, oh, please don't. Just don't. But sure enough, I mean, he would never listen to me about something, about being reasonable. So sure enough, he goes up to the guy, taps him on the shoulder and says, excuse me, sir. And the guy turns around, uh, confused. What, what does this man want? And Kevin said, uh, you know, have you heard of the see something, say something thing that we're supposed to do? And the guy was like, <laughs> yes, what are you getting at? And he said, well, I saw something. I, I saw that you have a gun. And so I'm saying something. And the guy said, <laughs> do something in the airport and they arrested oh. him? Oh, yeah. The airport situation. And that wasn't, you know, that wasn't the only airport situation. Well, there was it's two. the only one they wrote about. Right. They wrote about, <laughs> well, they wrote about the one where he was doing pew, pew, pew. But the other one, he banged into somebody and the other person on the plane claimed he was, I don't know, a terrorist or some weird thing. And he was in jail. <laughs> right? I mean, some ridiculous story. <laughs> and no apology. This other person just disappeared so to some other country. So Tried. It's like he was trying to get himself in trouble, but every time he got 
in trouble, it was because he was ridiculously funny. Like, obviously, he would never actually hurt another human being, but he, he, like I said, no fear whatsoever. He was so bold in his act that he just wouldn't stop, even right. when it was clearly uh, not not okay anymore. Right. So, right. Like, maybe we shouldn't be doing this to somebody you clearly know as a police officer. Right, right. Oh, <laughs> so, God. That, that, that's just not the world that Kevin lived in. <laughs> right. Well, Kevin lived in his own reality. He definitely lived in his own reality, in his own dimension. Yeah, he absolutely did. And man, I loved I loved being there with him. I loved being there with him. It was it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, Barkley, Barkley, I'm so glad you, Barkley DeVoe, I'm so glad that you shared your ridiculous Kevin Meany story with me on WTY Podcast. Thanks so much for your time. Love you. And, and we won't run out of gas next time, I promise. We met and we drove. And just so everyone knows out there, never break down on the West Side Highway because AAA will not come pick you up because it's a restricted zone. <laughs> You and I were talking so much. We met at the funeral. We were hanging out at the banquet place. And you needed to ride back to the city. And I said, sure. And I was so into talking to you. And basically after our, our big Kevin Meany experience, we we're just sharing our deepest secrets, whatever is like going on. And we're so engrossed that neither one of us hears the beep, beep of the tank going empty. So we drive until the car dies in the middle of rush hour traffic. And as we're calling AAA we realize that we're in a zone that AAA will not come to. And you actually abandoned me in a loving way. You gotta, I got to get out of here. I got to show. Okay, to be fair, to be fair, so I don't sound like a total ass <laughs> audience, I, I, did, I did have theater tickets, so I had, I had to abandon you. <laughs> right. And I had to figure out, well, what do I do if AAA won't come? And I just Google mapped. I found a, uh, a gas station and I literally I took off my blazer and just jogged in a very butch manner to the place, bought a jug to fill with, with gas and jogged back. And everyone's like honking and pissed at me. And I'm, you know, I'm jogging with this jug of, of gasoline and shoving it in the tank. It was pretty butch. It's probably the most butch thing. Anyway. Kevin's last joke on you. <laughs> yeah, that was Kevin's last prank. Well, it probably won't be Kevin's last prank on us. It's just that it was one of his teasers. There's a trailer for the rest of the Kevin Meany haunting, which we, we will joyfully receive. So Kevin Meany lives on. And thank you so much, Barkley, for your time. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks. Bye. I'm ready. Okay. So I'm here now with comedian Michelle Ballin. Thanks so much for joining me. I ran into you at the funeral for Kevin Meany. I know. Meany. That's sad. Very sad. Yeah. So, what was I'm your so, first your first uh, experience with him, or a great Kevin Meany story? You know, I, here's the funny part. I remember years ago doing watching the Johnny Carson show because that's how old I am, you know. <laughs> and uh, the Tonight Show was Johnny Carson. So, and I remember seeing this guy do that whole "We Are the World" routine. Right. And, and I'm like, holy crap! Is that guy so funny? And I gotta be honest, I'm I'm so jaded. I mean, very few make me laugh. Right. You know. Right. Of course, I hate my I hate myself the most. But anyway, <laughs> I I was like, that guy is amazing. And so you know, what's weird about life is that, and then years later, here I am, and I and I get to work with Kevin. We did this thing in Florida together, and you know what? And last year, you know, he's so gracious, so funny. You know, he's one of those that still make me laugh. I could watch him do the same stuff over and over 
again and still last like I heard it for the first time. Right, you know, right. You know what I mean? Right. And a lot of people don't have that ability. You know what I mean? Right. But he could do the same thing, and I would laugh like I swear. So last year, almost a year to the date, November 4th last year, I had my birthday show. Because my birthday's on November 6th. Yeah. And I said to Kevin, you know what? It's my birthday show, and I love you, and you make me laugh like no other. And I go, "Would you? are you available? He said, I'd be happy to do it. And he did, you know, he was so, he did my show. He hosted my show. He came up on stage and sang me happy birthday. Aww. You know, he was so, you know, such a good guy. You know what? Not full of himself, not a big head as far as I know. Right. I mean, and, I the same uh, thing. I always was so surprised. He just came in like a human being. Every show I did with him, I was like, he's just another person in the room. He's not like, okay, my entourage, and you have to do all this yeah, shit. He's right. just so accessible. Yeah, and he didn't come in like, you know, I was on the Tonight Show. You'll never be what I once was. You know, not know that. You know what I mean? Right. He was like, you know, just always humble and, you know. I mean, I don't know how we felt on the inside. You know, we never really know what people are going through. We only really see the outside. And uh, But, you know, the time I spent with him, you know, look, we're all messed up. Let's face it. All of us in this business, we all have a little, no, you know. No one becomes a comedian because mommy and daddy loved us so much. <laughs> I know, exactly. We all have neuroses. You know, some have more than others, you know. Right. They say in AA, some are sicker than others. So, you know, we don't know. We don't know what, you know. I, I don't even know, you know, if, if Kevin was sick. You know, you don't hear much because, you know, we're all about doing our lives. Right. And, you know, and I, he just did the Friars Club. I was there, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, and he did a show at the Friars Club. Yeah. And it's like, and then all of a sudden, you're gone. It's really, it's awful. It's, right. it's awful. Right. No one gets a, you know, no one gets a warning or a text from God in advance. Like, hey, just so you uh, know. Yeah, yeah. You know, give them a call. Things are going to be happening. <laughs> they, you know, a little message. Stay in touch. Have you know? Right. You know, this this would be a good time to take. You know, give a call. Right. I know. I know. Well, that just makes me think. You know what? If you like people, let them know on a regular basis. You never know. Right. Right. Exactly. You never know when one day they're here and the next day they're gone. You don't know. Right. Right, really cherish them and, and celebrate yeah. people. You can't take anyone for granted. It's like it's yeah. uh, any minute. Yeah. So. So that's that's you know that's what I got and you know he's I miss him. I was actually in here on a ship and I'm working with this guy. He's very funny and he reminds me of Kevin Meany. Oh. And I'm like, oh my god, his name is Kevin Johnson. He does. He's very funny, but he does you know ventriloquism and stuff. And but there's something about him, and I go, oh, my God, you remind me of Kevin. And I showed him some of his videos, and we're laughing, and they, you know, the wind jam, the buffet, and people are looking at us, like the, pay, you know, the passengers going, why don't those people shut up? They work for this cruise. You, know, so, <laughs> you can't get the help to shut yeah, up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. What's so funny over there, you know? So I had him watching the videos, and we were laughing, and, you know, it's just so sad. It's so sad, yeah. you know, really. Yeah, he will so you know? be missed. The comedy world is missing a. Oh, a big one, one, a big one, ones. you know. Yeah. You know, if I went missing, nobody would know. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> They'd be like, "Huh? Michelle? Who? Where?" Stop. <laughs> well, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you sharing your Kevin Meany story. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Okay. Well, yeah. thanks so much, and, and be safe uh, on that, on that cruise, and get travel safely. <laughs> Okay, thanks so much. I'll see you around. I'll yeah. see you around town. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. Okay. All right. Bye, Bye. honey.
Okay, we're here with Corey Kahaney. Thanks for joining me, Corey. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, a Kevin Meany story or two. Well, we lost... Uh, the world is less funny today because uh, he's gone. There's no question. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think I may know Kevin 24 years. Wow. It's, it's really one of the first people I met... And he was already uh, he was already someone that I was looking up to, you know, when I was contemplating being a comedian. Right. And um, there's so many funny stories, and some of them I don't even know that are appropriate <laughs> for the public audience. <laughs> um, you know, and there, the one that comes to mind, and I, I probably told it to you on Facebook, was we were. Um, performing at a golf outing in um, Rockland County, and it was a very fancy golf outing, you know, it was the kind Jews like. So it was, <laughs> it was like food. There was like a huge breakfast, and then they, they golfed, and then at the ninth hole, about halfway, there was like, they served, you know, another meal. And I think the meal, I think they had lamb chops, <laughs> you know, like as an hors d'oeuvre. Uh, and Kevin was... Beyond, he could not get over the fact that there was lamb chops at like 10 a.m. out in the <laughs> middle of the golf course, and he kept saying, "Lamb chops? Who eats lamb chops on a golf course but the Jews?" And he was, you know, he was like, "My whole family left the potato famine." in Ireland to come here just for one potato and you guys are like leaving lamb chop meat on the bone and um, he just he, he just you know and then when he came back to the you know when he came out the golf course he, he was like uh, you know bring me a side of beef <laughs> because uh, yeah um, he was very funny there was um there was something very special about him. And as a comedian, I'd like to tell other comics this story. Um, a number of the uh, comics that came from Boston knew Kevin really well. When he first started out, he started up in Boston. And uh, even though he was from around here, I think maybe he went to college in Boston or something. But, you know, they told me on the down low that Kevin was horrible the first five years he did it. Like, funny free was the way they described it. <laughs> and then, seriously, like, nobody understood what he was doing. It, he got no laughs. He was very silly. And it wasn't until he finally stumbled on that I don't care character. And the I don't care character wasn't really even I, I don't care yet. It was more just he was doing his mother's voice and then he was it, it, that voice, that it was his mother's voice, then morphed into being his conscience. Ah. And so he would, like, tease himself while he was on stage for doing a joke that he didn't necessarily feel was appropriate. So that's how he got away with it. He would say something naughty, and then he would have the alter ego, which was his mother's voice, yell at him for it. Right. So we were, right. So the, he was sort of intimating... No, no, I'm a good Catholic schoolboy, but this crazy voice is in the back of my head, and I can't, I can't not let it out. And then when he would let it out, 
there was the nun with the ruler hitting his knuckles. Right. And once he fell into that, everything changed for him. He complete, His career was on a trajectory uh, straight up. And it's, you know, I, I hope that, I hope that comedians hear that because it takes a long time to find your voice. And in Kevin's case, it really did take a long time. And, but once you find it, uh, the whole, you know, the universe tells you, okay, now you're ready. And, um, I, I saw it firsthand with, with Batman and I, I, uh, I think there's a lesson to be learned there. Right. Right, it's like getting past your own sensors and like there's sensors implanted by your mother yeah. and the nuns and all that. Yeah. You can find that. But I think a lot of really, really successful comics were not funny at all in the beginning. Um, you know, because I remember there, there's some comics now that uh, early on in their career they just couldn't, couldn't believe that this one got that opportunity and this one got that festival and this one got that TV thing and why not me and why not me? And I remember, and, you know, especially when it was easy for me to see that they were really funny. I was like, you know what? Put your blinders on and just keep going because let me tell you something. The people that 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 glow, at, you know, early on, they burn out. The mm. people that take a long time to find their footing, those people last a long time. So that's, Because he has, he shared it when I interviewed him. He said when his first open mic he went to this contest, it was so bad they chased him out. <laughs> and I said, and he said he was hooked. I'm like, you're hooked. He said, yeah, it was terrible, but I didn't want to stop. <laughs> like, really? Somehow. Yeah, I think I'm trying to remember. I, remember, I think I, I think it was Eddie Brill told me, and um, I'm trying to remember who else. <laughs> it would have been somebody else that started in in the Boston area. Um, but yeah, people, maybe Judy Gold, people told me he was just dreadful in the beginning and, and nobody understood how he could keep going. It was just, it boggled the mind. And then he hit it, got it, grabbed it, never let go. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Corey, for sharing those, those Kevin Meany insider scoops. That's amazing. Thank you so much for including me in your, uh, in your memories of Kevin Meany. Oh my Kevin God. Meany. Thank you so much for joining me, Corey. I appreciate you taking the time out of your crazy schedule. All right. God bless. Take okay. care. Take Bye. care. Bye. Okay, so I'm here with Vanessa Hollingshead. Thank you for joining me. You have a very specific first encounter story with uh, Kevin Meany. You have it prepared, actually. You have it printed out. Yes, I would like to, uh, because I, there's too many ums and, and you knows and you like in my conversation, and I wanted to just read what I wrote, so his memory can be honored. Great. Um, so, uh, I remember Kevin Meany comforting me. I was relatively new, and I was backstage feeling sorry for myself in between shows. Mind you, this was the first time I ever met Kevin. We were in a tiny dressing room at Caroline's. I was his opening act. I was berating myself about some poor career choices that I had made. He said, I always wanted a TV show, and I finally got it. I arrived, and I thought it would make me happy. But I was miserable. I hated every second. Week in and week out, I just wanted it to end. 
I jumped for joy when my contract was up. You know, because something you want so bad doesn't mean that when you get it, you're going to be happy. And I said, well, what makes you happy? He said, being with my daughter and this, gaining live comedy. I was heading out for a cigarette in between the first and second shows, and I noticed all the wait staff were like in extra good moods. They were singing, they were laughing and setting up. There was no, okay, let's get this and go home, you know, kind of feeling. Uh, I said, man, you guys are in a great mood. The waitress said, we love it when Kevin Meany plays here. Like, yeah, yeah, because we make Kevin Meany money. No idea what she meant. She said, whenever he performs at Caroline's, people are so happy, they always leave a huge tip. He's the only comic we know that can do that to an audience. Wow. No one else. Rest in peace, Kevin, Vanessa. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for taking a moment out. My pleasure. And my final guest on this tribute to Kevin Meany is a pre-recorded segment from comedian Adam Sank. In 2006, I launched a show at Caroline's on Broadway called Adam Sank's Gay Bash. And the idea was that we would have gay and gay-friendly comedians uh, perform once a month at Caroline's. And uh, so for the first show... Caroline's had a relationship, a long-standing relationship with Kevin, and they asked him if he would headline my show. He had no idea who I was, but he said, sure. And I was kind of nervous about it because, you know, to me, he was an icon. I, I had remembered seeing him over and over again in the 80s when I was a child and a teenager. And, um, you know, he was a big deal. And at that time, I hadn't performed with, with many famous comics. Um, and I also wasn't sure how he was going to handle the gay thing. You know, there was a part of me that always thought he might be gay, but he was clearly straight identified, and I didn't know how that would work with this particular show. Anyway, he showed up. He was absolutely lovely and down-to-earth and immediately put me at ease. And then when he, he came out for his set, he was like, Well, so here I am at the Gay Bash. You know, I'm not gay, but I really do love to suck cock. And the audience just went crazy, and it was so funny. And, uh, and he was brilliant. And then, um, at the time that this happened, he was starring on Broadway in Hairspray. He was a replacement for Edna and for several of the other roles. And um, was hanging out with the cast every night, and you know there were a lot of gay people in that cast. And I guess he finally got to a point where uh, he was ready to come out. You know, he was already in his 50s. But he, um, he came out, he and his wife divorced, and um, my memory at the time is that he almost immediately had a very cute young dancer boyfriend. Um, in any case, uh, months later, or maybe a year later, I had started a show at therapy called the Electroshock Therapy Comedy Hour. It was a weekly show. And I called Kevin and asked if he would, uh, would like to come to a set. And he was like, well, you know, I don't really know. It's, it's, it's a bar show. I'm not really sure that they would get my humor there. And it's a gay bar, and I don't really do gay audiences. And I said, well, why don't you just come by and, and enjoy the show? And if you feel like it, if you're so moved, you can get up and do a set. And so he came, and we were having a great night of comedy. It was like Lisa Landry was there, and myself, and Brian Berry, and Rob Dreamer. And around the middle of the show, Kevin tapped me on my shoulder, and, and he said, I'd love to do a set. And I was like, ladies and gentlemen, the legendary Kevin Meany. Um, so to be able to, to do that with him at two different places was really special for me. 
And I was really happy for him that at the end of his life, he was finally living honestly and openly as a, as a gay man and, um, and seemed to have no issues with it, even though it took him so long to get there. So uh, I just loved him. I'm sad that he's gone. And I think he'll always be remembered as one of the great comedians. And that concludes my tribute to comedy legend, icon, and dear friend, Kevin Meany. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to hear the original interview I had with Kevin from a year ago, or from, gosh, from 2015, uh, go to WTYPod.com, that's W-T-Y-P-O-D, or you can just find it uh, with uh, iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud, and I'll have an earlier interview with Kevin Meany in its entirety there as well. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful for you for sharing this, and I wish you all a wonderful, wonderful day. It's a comedy journey.